All right, Jake, so I'm glad to have you here today. Can you tell me first a little bit about the history of Petit Pastures, how you guys got started and where you are today? Yeah, so uh, my dad and I started around 2012. Um, we were both working in the construction industry and uh, did a lot of work in food processing plants. And that kind of got me to thinking um, a lot more about the food and the quality of food that we eat and that we consume. Um, my dad was looking to, to retire from the industry and he had grown up on a dairy farm and had been a dairy farmer until the early eighties. Uh, he got out of it during the farm crisis back then. And so, um, he, he would wanted to get back into animal agriculture, um, when he retired. And I started reading a little bit more about regenerative agriculture and, um, what you could do with that. And so we decided to, uh, to try the grass fed um, thing. And just it's kind of, it's kind of grown from there. It's been interesting. He was a little bit skeptical um, of some of the stuff at first, you know, having the, the conventional agriculture background when we, when we first started, it's been really interesting to see him kind of buy in and, and see how, how uh, all the regenerative stuff can work as we've come along. So I see online now, obviously you talked about the processing a little bit, I mean the food processing, but like I saw that the shift as well in agriculture generally had yeah. um, upset you guys. It was like the kind of the way that you would put it. Yeah. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about that and why that brought you more towards the regenerative ag that you're currently doing? Sure, sure. Well, you know, we're, we're in Minnesota here and so it's, you know, corn and soybeans kind of all over the place and you, and you can see just the, the corn soybean rotation with the monocultures um, you know and it's just more and more chemical fertilizers more and more uh, herbicides pesticides insecticides going on everything and that um, you know the, the activity in the soil just going down and down and the nutrient density in the food going down and then even when you know with with meat then you're feeding your your cattle and chickens and pigs with that same corn and soy, um, and it's just not a lot of nutrients, not a lot of uh, you know uh, health healthiness to the food. Um, and then on top of that, you see all the destructive uh, side effects of the of the uh, conventional practices on on the land. You know, um, manure runoff from the feedlots and stuff when when uh, you raise cattle on grass, you know, that manure becomes an asset to the environment and to the soil because it's, because it's not concentrated and you're moving them all the time. And um, the more you do it, you just really start to see that, that uh, everything in nature, it, you know, is kind of there for a reason and it all works together and it all builds on each other. And anytime you pull one thing out, you know, because it may seem easier, you're going to end up creating more and more problems down the line. So you just got to kind of, you know, work with things. And we found when you do have a problem, you know, try to look at nature and what's, you know, what happens in nature and try to mimic that as close as you can. And that seems to work the best. Um, in the conventional food system, it just seems to be the opposite. You know, if there's a problem, you know, add this chemical or this product or this thing to it, rather than trying to, to figure everything out as a whole. So to that effect, what 
what are consumers buying when they purchase products from Pettibashers or another American grass-fed association certified producer? Yeah, so I mean, obviously, first and foremost, they're buying the product that they get, right, which is nutrient-dense, healthy food um, that they can that they can trust to serve their their families. But on top of that, you know, you're supporting the local community. Um, most grass-fed operations are, you know, quite a bit smaller than than the regular ones, and they're spending money in their communities either through um, processing you know we use a a local processor um in town so you know we run a lot a lot of business through them every year we go and and buy our stuff from the hardware stores um you know and end up um helping neighbors on other farms they help us that kind of stuff so you're really helping support you know the the agriculture and the rural community in your area or your state Um, and you, you have the peace of mind of knowing that that meat that you're putting on your plate isn't going to the, isn't at the expense or the detriment of the environment out there. Um, you know, a lot of studies now are showing that grass fed beef it can be either a net neutral or even a uh, carbon saving um, product. You know, if, you, if you're adding carbon to the soil and restoring it, which most of the soils around us for sure. Um, need a ton of improvement so um, it's it's really you you know you're getting a whole lot more with that piece of meat than you are when you when you buy something at the at the grocery store when you don't know if it was produced in your state or even your country and I guess it, it takes on a certain meaning for you to raise meat in that way yeah it does um you know we've always been an outdoors family um, hunting and fishing and so we care about we care about the environment a ton and and uh, to be able to see where you can do something um, that not only produces really nutrient dense healthy food but also um, helps to improve the water cycle helps to improve the soil the air quality um, in an industry that you know gets a bad reputation you know, livestock production. So it is. How does, now I I know like a lot of words tend to become watered down after people get access to them um, in regulatory settings, such as organic, um, it has become so watered down over the years. Now the new one seems to be grass fed. And um, I know that the definitions are kind of uh, more, more lenient than our certification is can you talk a little bit about like why your cows are different than just the typical grass fed you might see in the store yeah absolutely so the usda um kind of deregulated the the term grass fed a few years ago and now any producer can label anything they want grass fed um, as long as they fill out a form and send it in Um, so you could say my beef is grass fed but i still feed
grain, you know, that's obviously not grass fed, but, but under the USDA regulations, that would be allowed. Um, with the AGA, they, you know, the strict, the strict guidelines, uh, just obviously first and foremost, no grain, um, no glyphosate, uh, used on the property. And, um, you know, they, uh, have the regulations on the animals trying to be out in pasture as much as possible. Um, and then having an inspector come out to the farm as well and, and check on things, which is, you know, above and beyond any other certification we, we could have. A lot of uh, our customers are in the Twin Cities metro area and they may not have that, that much of an agriculture background. So we feel that putting the, the American grass-fed label on our stuff is a peace of mind for anyone who doesn't really feel comfortable being able to investigate on their own the, the practices of the farmer to be able to feel like they're they're getting what that farmer says they're getting um the aga was was the strictest standard that we could find um and we liked that uh, you know a lot and thought that it really gives people a peace of mind we obviously always encourage any of our customers to come out to the farm and see what we're doing but but for some people that's just not practical or not um not really in their comfort zone and so the the american grass-fed label is there for them and you know um uh, i always tell people if if you wonder exactly what it is you can go on the american grass-fed association's website and pull it up and see what the standards are and know you know know when you're buying beef from us that that all those are met what response do you get out of your your customers with your product and especially since 2012 has the landscape changed for you dramatically has it become easier it is yeah i mean it it, it has i i've seen the grass-fed demand just grow and grow um year over year and then obviously this year um when covid hit it it really you know people really started looking at what they're eating people have a little more time at home um than they've had in the past and i think they're doing some more cooking and and really just thinking more about you know, what they're putting into their bodies, uh, how much of that will stick after COVID goes away, I'm not sure, but but the general overall trend has been for people to be a little more conscious about what they're eating and, uh, you know, grass-fed when, when done correctly. Um, you know, people can buy a steak that's just as good or better than that corn-fed steak they had, and they can feel better about it for themselves. So. Um, I think that that's a trend that's just going to continue. So Jake, I think the next very important question is how can we buy your steak? Now I know you're limited to Minnesota, but if we do live in Minnesota, what is the best process we could follow? Yeah. So we're not technically limited to Minnesota. All our stuff is USDA processed, but we don't ship. Um, so yeah, basically you're right. We're, we, we do limit ourselves to Minnesota, but yeah, you can go onto our website at uh, www.pettit.com pastures.com pettit is p-e-t-t-i-t um, and we have a full online store there so the usda processing now i hear this from like as i keep talking i'm new into american grass but i've i've come from uh, groups that do like you know support small agriculture but not so much in american grass so i'm learning the hurdles from the farmer side instead of the 
you know, the communities that are affected by industrial ag. And I see that one of them, one is if you don't get it USDA processed, you can't sell it out of state. So that's right. a problem for some farmers. Now, if you can't get it to that USDA processing plant, is that a challenge in a lot of areas to find processing? It is. We're lucky here in Minnesota. Um, Minnesota's had a, a good hunting culture and our, our state laws, unlike some other state laws, they'll allow a processor to process like wild game um, you have to do it on different days and stuff, but in the same facility. And so that kept more small processors here in Minnesota open and going. Um, and now of course, with the, with the local food movement taken off, um, it, you know, they're really busy right now. Our biggest challenge is, is just scheduling, getting in, you know, getting enough, uh, processing dates with our processor. Uh, we're lucky it's it's uh, we have a processor fairly close um i went to school with with the the boys of the owner and um and and so that helps but we're, we book everything a year out um and then when we do get another big customer we pick up another restaurant or or something like that 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 really becomes a struggle because you can't tell you know a restaurant well i can get you in in a year right? Uh, which is what, what the processes are telling us. So you, you really have to juggle and, and um, try to fill the demand of all your individual's customers as long as, as well as your retail or restaurant customers. Um, and processing really is the biggest hang up for us. But it seems like the more farmers that are regularly engaging in grass-fed, the easier that becomes, right? Because then you're able to set up businesses, you're able to have that infrastructure for the little guy rather than just these vertically integrated systems that are just sucking the life out of rural America. Absolutely, yeah, like our processor, I mean, I know all the, the butchers that work there and, and the, the people that work up front in the retail part, and they're all people that get paid a living wage, they live in the community, you know, they support the community. Um, and last year our processor put on a big addition you know because of how much demand there was so as the farms grow um you know other businesses in town as well are growing like like the processor and you know it's just it's such a compounding effect when you can spend that money locally um and, and support people who are supporting the community so jake i, I just want to thank you for being a good steward and are doing probably the most important job in the world, which is providing nutritious food that can sustain us all and the planet. So thank you. Um, is there anything you want to leave the viewers with? Uh, no, I mean, I, I think just that you can, you know, the, the grass fed label is something you can definitely trust. And um, if you're a producer out there, it's something to look into. One of the reasons that we're not organic certified um, and one of the reasons isn't is because when we worked in the food industry and saw some of the the farms and the places that were certified, the bit the you know the the large large ones, um, we didn't feel like it was, you know, it was living up to what it was supposed to be. Um, and with the the grass fed label, we definitely feel that.